Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Calcio Told Like It Is. I'm Frank Crivello. He's Richard Garman. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing this uh, Tuesday night? How are we doing? Free- freezing my ass off. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh... it's, it's that week we get that, you know, that one week that we get out of the year, right? It always seems to happen right around this time where it's like single digits, below zero and all that mess and I'm going to blame you for our weather because we're going to get like nonstop, like day after day of snow and snow. So that's probably coming from your area. So I'm blaming you on this one. Well, I I, I told them to stop. So <laughs> you can't blame me. Um, I said, uh, Richard's too fragile for all this snow. He, he can't handle it. You guys can this send it great. my way all you want. I got this big ass 24 inch wide snowblower. It can just yeah. push anything around. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Richard, I. He's not going to cope with this, and no, and, our, our area does not cope with any kind of snow, even like like flurries. We we can't cope with it. So I couldn't get over it because I've got family in Kentucky, and I know you you know you know Kentucky pretty well as yeah. also. And um, I remember going down there. This was well over twenty years ago, and my brother was in college down at Western, down in Bowling Green. Oh yeah, yeah. and um. It was January. I went down there for a weekend to go hang out, and it was like a low of like 15 degrees or something like that that night. <laughs> and the supermarkets were just packed, and everybody was in line like it was like like um, like the end is near or something like yeah, that. And that I just couldn't get over it, and I was just like looking at everybody, and I'm like, guys, it's. <laughs> you're going to wake up in the morning the the high the next and the high the next day was like 50 55 or something yeah, like that yeah, it was just yeah. it was stunning just for one night so yeah exactly um, it's, it's it's all treated but then i guess you know you don't have down there you don't have the stuff to cope with those conditions like you have up here so um, drivers yeah <laughs> yeah so plows and salt you know we have them we don't know how to use them that's what it is yeah salt trucks assault the roads don't worry our guys don't know how to use them either so <laughs> um you know uh, and then uh and then the fun part is all the potholes that get created uh especially yeah. if you drive around in milwaukee county that's yes, yes. and they never fix them they never fix them so uh, i'm one county over to the west and every time i drive there i just it's like <laughs> It's like, uh, you know, what is that? What is that video game that you play where you get the cars? You got to keep swerving to avoid all the uh, the obstacles. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you get what I'm you, you get what I'm I saying. Got I got you. I got you. So, yeah, it's 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 like that. So, yeah. So we got a, you know, kind of a week of polar vortex and then they tell us it's going to get up in the 20s and all of this other stuff and all will be good again. So, right. so anyway, right. so. And then we see the, uh, the 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 goat of the American version of football uh, wins yet another Super Bowl. Who's the Tom Brady of City A? Would you say of City A? Yeah, all time. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Um, oh, I mean, depends. Are you going to look at trophies or are you looking at like goals and dominance? I mean, I want to say like but I mean, uh, Baggio maybe off the top of my head, but you know, if you're looking at titles, I mean, that's hard to say. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, Maldini has five European Cups. Yep. A handful of league titles in his collection. Yeah. You know, that's a name that, you know, but it's it's not as glamorous because he doesn't score. He played, he's a defender. He doesn't score goals. Yeah. Sadorf won with three teams, right? 
Yeah, um, that's one. Um, three different teams. Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Ronaldo won five Champions Leagues. Four, was did he win five? He had one with yeah. Man United, and I think he had four with Real Madrid. And yeah. but he didn't win any with Juve. So we're talking about like the Tom Brady of Serie. If yeah, if you're talking about like European football, I would say Ronaldo because he's one of the best goal scorers ever, and you know yada yada yada. But you know, in terms of Serie, he's only had like a short window there. So you know, you yeah. look at longevity and stuff like that. I mean, thought these names got to come up there as well. Del Piero maybe um, some others. So yeah, there's a lot of guys you can mention. Giuseppe Piazza, I think, go way back. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot of uh, that's a good question. We should guys put that on Twitter. Guys that played into their forties. I mean, if you're looking at other accolades, I mean, uh, I mean, Zlatan. <laughs> sure, Zlatan. I mean, you can look at the um, you can look at the Juve teams of the eighties and Platini, uh, yeah, Rossi, guys like that. I mean, there's 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 a lot of names. So that's the first question. If you're listening to this podcast, um, you know, join, go to Twitter at City I Sit Down. Uh, who is the who is your Tom Brady of Serie A, past or even present? I can't count Ronaldo in this conversation because he's only been in Serie A for three seasons. I want a legit Serie A guy. Okay, longevity, longevity. Um, yeah, longevity's been there, done it. Vegan diet. Um, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> wonder what. No. I wonder how he. You know, six six aside, Calcio in the house. Hey, good to see you, my friend. Right thanks on. For, uh, hey. Thanks for checking in with us. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, I he makes. I, I bet his. I bet his burger patties are are, are made of almonds. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, maybe he's yeah. he's he's like he's like the only guy that probably eats ha- almonds and is happy about it. Like <laughs> I like almonds, all right, and but I'm not. It's not like a. It's not like something I look forward to eating. Yeah, all right. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's good. That's good. That's good. We should probably talk here. about. We should probably talk some calcio. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's some games that happen, right? Some. Uh, yeah. Some, some with relevance too, right? Yeah. Especially yeah, today. So, yeah, especially today. Uh, Derby d'Italia, leg two as it pertains to Coppa Italia. Uh, Juve and Inter uh, hooked up here. Um, we thought that this game would be very, very compelling in that leg one. Inter were without Lukaku and Hakimi. They weren't the reason why Inter lost in the first leg, but no. their presence were going to be very interesting. Uh, Pirlo sticks with the center back pairing of Mary Demiral and Matias de Ligt. And I do apologize for my error when I was kind of uh, putting in some uh, pre-game uh, Twitter notes. Um, SofaScore led me astray and put Demiral on the uh, in the left center. And I'm looking and I say, wait a second, that should be deleted. And lo and behold, the game started and that's what it was. Um, so uh, th- having said that, deleted, um Yeah, Steve doesn't even say hi. He's just chiming in. Um, Love it. So. And Uncle Sharma Conti showing Agnelli the middle finger who should <laughs> the middle finger should win. Yeah, Very nice. Yeah, someone there. So, but anyway, um, so it was it was curious. I thought that with the presence of Alexandro, that that was obviously going to be an improvement over Frabotta in terms of dealing with Hakimi. Could Delic deal with Lukaku the way Chiellini did? Um, was going to be a big factor in this game. And the way things were situated for Juve, Richard, I thought this, if, if Inter are going to get into this, this screams for not necessarily Christian Eriksen, but this screamed for another great Nicolo Barella performance, uh, just yeah. the way the lineup shaked out. Yeah, and I know a lot of Interisi like the lineup uh, midfield, I should say, of Eriksen, Brozovic, and uh, Barella, even uh, your Uncle Sharma here in the chat as well. Um, and that, you know, those three together are always going to pose a, a 
danger for the opposition. And, you know, we thought maybe Barella would have another opportunity to have a, uh, like a man of the match performance and really take over this game. Um, obviously, Brozovic, you know, tends to show up in these big games more so against Milan, it seems like, than anything else. But, uh, yeah, and then Ericsson, you know, getting his back of uh, confidence back after that brilliant goal in the derby uh, against Milan. So, yeah, it, you know, there, there was a chance there. Obviously, having Hakimi back and Lukaku, you know, would pose a difficulty for that back line. Um, yours truly mentioned last podcast that, you know, if anyone was going to try to guard Lukaku, it had to be Delic. Delic's the only one physicality-wise that can line up with him. He has got the pace. He's a big game player. Uh, and it kind of showed in this game, right? But, you know, in terms of the inter lineup, yeah, I, I, I'm there with you. You know, Barella all the way would have been my guy who I thought would have been the catalyst for everything. And then everybody else around them, you know, the supporting cast to kind of chime in and, and help lead the team possibly to uh, a surprise win, I guess, at the J. And he was decent, not spectacular. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think is probably the way I would grade out Barella. And, yeah. you know, over the course of these 90 minutes, um, it was just and, – and the reason why I said I thought the space would be there for him because I think it would be fascinating. You're going to have Delict occupying – occupied by Lukaku. You're going to have Demiral occupied by Lataro. Yeah. Um, Sandro's help is going to come in the form of probably Rabio. Um, and then you have Bentoncourt, who probably has to kind of shadow where Erickson's going. So that's where I thought, okay, this this screams for Badella to have a big game if he can yep. step up and do it. Um, you know, but as this as this happened, it was you know it was almost like Danilo and Demiral were kind of trading off on Lataro almost, and Quadrado was dropping back, and they were in that three man defense that you typically see with Juventus, um, and then you see. You know, Benton Rabio Rabio working in the midfield. And then at a certain point, Pirlo pulls the plug on Bernardeschi and gets McKenney in there to further plug things up in the midfield as Inter need to continue to go for it. So let's uh I thought that Pirlo had the game plan nailed, and I think every single substitution he made was spot on. It was a very uh, Max Allegri type uh, performance, wasn't it? Uh, by Pirlo. Yeah. Pirlo is getting better and better by the game. Um, he's starting to figure it out and figure out what his team is all about and what's the right call to make in each game, whether it's with the lineup, whether it's the tactics they use. I mean, I thought Rabiot was pretty good in this game as well. Um, and then obviously with the substitutions, they brought Chiellini in late uh, as well to try to add that extra oomph in the, in the, in the, in the defensive aspect. So yeah, you know, Pirlo, uh, I thought, did a really good job in this one. Um, you know, really... Inter did have plenty of opportunities, but uh, the way they were set up defensively, uh, the shifts that they did, the, the the marking, just really marking by some of the, some of the players like Delict and Demorel and and Danilo and some of these other guys, uh, it was just really great team effort defensively. I mean, Inter did try to have some opportunities, but um, you know, other than a few here and there, really it was the most dangerous opportunities probably came from Ronaldo. I would say in this game, so yeah, it's a what really really well done job by. Pirlo to out uh, manage Conte in this one in terms of tactics. So yeah, kudos to him, man. Very well done. Ronaldo had three great chances to put this tie away towards the end of the first half in the space of two minutes. All of them blocked. Yeah. Uh, one by De Vrij, then by Handanovic, and then by Bastoni. Uh, you know, so he certainly provided the threat going the other way. Um, you know, so I, I in that vein, I think that Ronaldo's presence on the break was something that Inter had to be wary of and. Um, overall dealt with it well. On another day, Ronaldo scores at least one of those opportunities. And, and he was good. Ronaldo yeah. was good. I mean, the dribble, he was very good. He made, created yeah. some great opportunities against Skriniar and some other guys. So, yeah, he was he was good, and, and Inter still did very well against him. Um, yep. Uncle Sharma saying, you know, Pirlo's Catenaccio made things very difficult. He did. 
I think the way they lined up defensively, uh, the, the, the way they addressed some of the, the strengths of Inter really stifled them. And I think it made it extremely mm. difficult for Inter to do anything uh, difficult against um, Buffon. So, uh, For me, Danilo was the best player on the pitch. Okay. Um, I, you know, I mean, in the first half, I just felt like he was everywhere and in a good way. Uh, key interceptions, blocking things out, supporting supporting other defenders, and then finding some opportunities to go forward. It wasn't great when he got forward in the attack, but he didn't hurt and he he didn't hurt his team uh, when he was in possession of the ball. He gave it away eight times, um, but uh, you know, three interceptions, a tackle, a block shot, some clearances. I mean, he was very very active. Uh, you know, in a role where you've got. Delic dealing with Lukaku, Demiral dealing with Lataro. Danilo's got to be in a supporting role, and I thought that he carried out his role extremely well for me. I thought he was the best player in this game. Yeah, I won't argue with that. I think uh, Danilo did have a really good game. Uh, Rabio get gets a shout, I think. Uh, Ronaldo as well for being able to, uh, yeah. when he had, when they had the ball, to do something to make, uh, make Inter work defensively. And also Delict obviously gets a big shout as well for the, the yeah. job he did on Lukaku. So, yeah, I'm not going to fight you on Danilo. I think it was a good performance by him and uh, overall by Juventus. Uh, they deserve to win to move on into the finals. Uh, they were the best team by, over the two legs. Obviously, the two goals in the first leg by Ronaldo and then, uh, you know, Inter is going to rue the mistakes they made. They left out there in, in leg one uh, because Juve really closed up shop in that second leg. And uh, it was a vintage defensive performance by by Juventus, but from a new manager. And it's, it's something we're not used to seeing. We've seen it as of late and it's giving you signs that something's going to uh, they're going to start taking off here and say, ah, but yeah, in terms of this game, uh, very, very well done by the whole team. Sure, sure. I mean, and you could name any one of those in the, in the back four as man of the match. You know, really. But for me, I think, the, you know, some of the extra things that Danilo did stood out for me. Uh, Lofarto Martinez, first player today. So <laughs> not going to argue that either. <laughs> no, not going to argue that. He's, uh, you know, he's got to get consistent, really. I mean, he's capable. He's just got to get yeah. consistent. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and, and it's not like Inter didn't try. They had 21 shots. The problem is, is that Juve knew when the shots were coming. They knew where they were coming. Uh, Buffon had this team organized from his position. Wasn't I? The, I don't think he was even troubled uh, with the chances that they had. No, um, no you know, Steve's asking, "Is it confidence with Martinez?" I think there are just going to be some guys. I'm reminded, you know, of Andy Cole yeah. um, back in the day. Uh, you know, a little bit with Manchester United, but with Newcastle before that. I, you know, I felt like he was a guy that needed 12 to 15 shots in a game for one to go in, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just one of those where – I don't know if it's a confidence issue. I just think it's a clinical finishing issue. I think it's a, a, a desire to be – you know, not necessarily a desire. I shouldn't say that. But a, you know, a mentality to be ruthless, uh, you know, to be a finisher rather than a shooter. I think when you see some of these misses that Lataro has – Yeah. I don't feel like he's I don't feel like he's slowing down any of his decisions. He's not taking any extra touches, but he's also not necessarily rushing things. I think he just hits the ball and I don't think he gets himself into situ in those situations for me. It's not an it, the issue is is that he's got to just have the mentality of being a finisher and not necessarily just a guy that's going to shoot for the sake of shooting. And that's what I'm seeing with Lataro Martinez and some of these misses. What do you think? I'm going to use the old hockey analogy. Maybe Steve gets this is that he's holding the stick too tightly, right? 
Uh, he's, he's not rushing the shots per se, but he's trying too hard to do something brilliant. Uh, the one opportunity that really fell to him in this game, I was off with some rebound. He has a chance to volley it, and instead of you know shooting it at Buffon, makes him forced to make him the save, he shoots it well wide and nearly goes in the corner. I mean, that's uh, opportunities like that don't come you know, come few and far between in the big matchups, and you need to be clinical. And I think, you know, in this instance, he's holding the stick too tight, as they're saying, trying to do too much when he gets those opportunities. Instead of letting it come to him and try to be just go with it, He's trying to force it uh, and not rushing it, but necessarily, but he's overthinking it maybe uh, over trying to be uh, ESPN top highlight goal or something. And it just never works. And maybe that's his problem. Why he's got to take so many shots to be, to, to finish it off. He's the old Fulton Reed, right? One goal every 10 shots. So uh, yeah, I don't know what it is with him. He definitely needs to work on his shooting game. If, if that's what it is. Cause uh, uh, you know, in this league and when you can play up against the best teams in the world, you don't get many opportunities and you need to finish those opportunities. When the best strikers in the world are the ones who can have two or three opportunities and put them away. Look at Ronaldo across across the pitch. He would do that. So he needs to get better on that respect. Okay, four shots in this cup game against um, <laughs> Juventus. Uh, seven against Roma. Okay. Uh, two, three against uh, Roma with two on target. Um, the Fiorentina, the cup game against Fiorentina that he was in, Let's take a look and see what he did there. Uh, in 69 minutes, four shots in that game, one big chance missed. Um, you know, so this is one, two, three, four games now uh, where he has uh, got, what, four, seven, 14, 18 shots over those four games without scoring, okay? At some point, you got to learn how to be a finisher in those situations. You've got to understand how to finish half chances. I like the hockey analogy as well. I thought that was clever on your part. Um, but that's that's what it is right now. I mean, it's it's the difference between a guy who's just shooting and a guy who's just finishing for me. Um, you know, Uncle Sharma, everybody can score a lot of goals against Crotone, okay, the way yeah. they defend. I made the comment after watching them on Sunday. I said, as happy as I was if Milan came out with a 4-0 win, Crotone's just so awful defensively. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you, you can't not finish against them. I mean, if, if, if he didn't score against Crotone, there was, then I, then there's definitely a problem. And, he, and to his credit, there, there, he is very streaky. Larturo is, uh, cause uh, you know, we've seen him at times where he's just been lights out and scoring goals galore, but this season, it seems he's more streaky than not. And, uh, when he does get him, he'll get him in bunches, like I said, against Crotone and the hat trick. But, uh, for the most part, it's like long, cold streaks, long, hot streaks or, or some hot streaks. Uh, and it's not as uh, consistent as you would want in a top striker. So, if if he can if he can if he can just adjust the mentality, you're talking about a guy that can the, with the chances that he's given um, week in and week out playing in this inter team. You're talking about a guy that could brace regularly. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just a matter of right now. He's just not right now. It's just not happening. And, he could uh, be a top striker. He if yeah. you know, he was better, he could be a top striker. But I don't look at him rushing shots and I don't look at him slowing things down. I just look at him shooting, yeah. you know, and that's just kind of what I see with, with it's like closing uh, his eyes and taking a shot. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, just just praying while it praying when it leaves its foot, leaves its foot. Yeah. That this is this time it's going to happen. So, you know, so that that we'll have to see. Um, I think other comments here from this game, I think, you know, as it pertains to Juve, we 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 had glowing comments about them. This is the Juve that we were starting to see that just get the result, get through that was eventually going to come around under Andrea Pirlo. We're starting to see that more consistently with them, but this really makes you worry about Inter results like this 
Now they did win at Fiorentina two nil on Friday. Um, and, uh, yeah, Steve, I'd love to, you know, as a Milan fan, I'd love to see him be cold on the 20, you know, until after the 21st as well. Um, but I think this also speaks to, this is why I can't take Inter seriously as a Scudetto contender. And I know that where they are on the table and I know that they're very high up in the standings, but when it comes down to crunch time in critical games and in critical moments, they still can't get it done. Yeah. Um, it took, and let's think about me against ten man Milan in the in the Coppa Italia. Let's remember it took a stoppage time free kick, a wonder goal by Christian Eriksen yeah. for them to get through there. All right, and here they blunder their way through the first leg, and then they can't do anything that puts Juventus off kilter and, and and puts them in any real danger. You know, over the course of the second leg, and this is these are the elements that you know I, I know how many points they have right now. I know where they sit at the table. But stuff like this, drawing at Udinese, you know, losing at Sampdoria, these are prime examples of why I can't take Inter seriously as a title contender. It has nothing to do yeah. with who yeah. I support. But it's I'm given enough sample here on the pitch that I can't I can't take them seriously. This this is what makes the the derby this weekend coming up uh, or the twenty first whatever so big because I think we'll, we'll learn a lot about Inter, well both teams really, but. I think this game is so big too because Juve is lying in the wait for they're waiting for a draw. If one of these teams, one of the two Milan teams, need to win the derby because if they draw, Juve is going to be right there for the taking because uh, they're playing so well at the moment. Obviously, with the, with, with the, what they've done here in the last week or so uh, to show that they're 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 looking like they're getting to, into into prime shape here. So uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting derby. We'll really learn a lot about Juve or interest, excuse me, I should say. Uh, and Milan in this one because it is a lot on the a lot on the table. We're in the second half already. You know, one versus two. Obviously, Milan is the center of of Italy at the moment. Uh, but you know, you know, what kind of performance are we going to see from from Conte's team? What are we going to see from Viola's team? Uh, you know, that'll be a fun must see TV. Uh, and you know, Juve is going to be just chomping at the bit, hoping someone makes a mistake. Do you back them to regroup though and beat Lazio on Sunday? Who Inter? Yeah, with the run that they're on. <sighs> Uh, With the run that Lazio's on. Yeah, yeah. So Lazio, Immobile is anything he touches is going in. See, this is the opposite of Larturo, right? Immobile, anything he shoots goes in the net. Uh, Larturo, it's just, you know, one in 10 or whatever. Um, it's going to be difficult. You got to like Lazio's chances in this game because of the form they're in. Uh, they have the, all of a sudden, in the last couple of years, at least with Juve and some other teams, the the innate ability to play up to their opponent and then beat them when many people don't expect them to. Um, I do expect a stronger enter in this one. I I I do. Uh, and the league they have been they have been better than they had been in, in the Copa Italia. So I I do believe it'll be a probably I'm gonna go with a draw in that game. But I think uh, it's gonna be difficult because Lazio are in really good shape at the moment. Inzaghi is uh, pulling all the right strings and Immobile. I mean everything is gold when when he touches his foot. So it'll be a good game. It'll be a good game. I think a, a score draw. I think in that one. Yeah, I it's you know I I have yet to decide what I think is going to happen with that game, but. Uh, and then, and then Juve traveled to Napoli on Saturday. Uh, you know, so big game. You know, they they gotta suddenly pick themselves up and and get back on track. But uh, so, who's this a bigger game for in that game? Because uh, obviously, Juve are trying to get to the Scudetto now, or, or you know, top of the table. But you know, Napoli can't afford another loss. Gattuso can't afford another loss. It, you no. know, after that performance against Genoa, which we'll get to, um, it's getting really you know hot seat for him. You know, wouldn't think so with what he's done over there, but. I mean, losing is not really an option at the moment when you're trying to become a your Champions League team and uh, 
Napoli and Gattuso are just struggling at the moment. Um, it's it's a much more critical game for Napoli. Um, yeah. you know, but at the same time, it's still a critical game for Juve because I don't think they want to drop any more points. They do have the no. game in hand, which happens to be when they have to play Napoli at the J. Um, but it's uh, you know, I think it's definitely more critical for Napoli in terms of their top uh, four prospects. Um, Allegri to Napoli coming soon, probably, possibly, very possible. I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. Um, uh, now Inter only have one competition to think about until the end of the season. That's fine, Steve. But what in their mentality and in tight situations when it's on the line makes you think that Inter are going to go and break through? Because it hasn't happened yet. I mean, they got a bigger gimme for a Champions League group this year than they've had the last two years, and they finished fourth. All right. They had over the course of two legs, they had many more chances than Juventus had and only got one goal out of it. Okay. Um, you know, so when it really tightens up, I'm still not trusting this inter team yet. Okay. Fantastic when they get to play the teams that they get to beat up. I mean, four nil against Benevento. Um, you know, when they're, when they're on their game, they're brilliant to watch when it's, when it's Akimi darting down the flank and it's Lukaku <laughs> scoring goals. It's, it's Conti's hair <laughs> might be, it might be, but you know, Spalletti was bald and they still had the same problems. So. so not to deep dive in Inter or anything, but who is more to blame? Is it the team for not performing and getting those goals or is it Conte for not doing the t- right tactics to get his team set up for success? Um, Conte's obviously has a history of doing well in these types of situations, but at the moment, you know what he's dealing with in Serie A with a with a hot Milan, a Juventus on the on the on the surge. Um, he's not do, pushing the right buttons at the moment, and especially when we go to Champions League. You know, you know, a lot was expected of Inter over the you know during his reign, and they haven't performed. Um, is he more to blame, or is it or the guys on the pitch? I mean, in the case of Conte. He's gonna he he's gonna play one way, he's gonna play one system. He's actually he's gonna play one system, and the tactics will be fr- flexible based on what they're up against, based on what the game demands of them. Okay, it's up to the players then up ultimately to execute those. Right. Yeah. So, you know, in the case of Juventus, when they it was very easy for Juventus to know what was coming in the second leg, and they played accordingly. That's where the adjustments have to happen in some way, shape, or form. You know, it's not and, quite to the Barcelona level back from a few years ago, where they only had a plan A and did not have a plan B. So teams like Roma and all these, all these teams, they stopped at plan A and then they're twiddling their thumbs, not knowing what to do. It's not quite that level yet with Inter, but they need to. He needs to do. Conte needs to do a better job adjusting in game when teams like Juventus stack up against what they're going to do, and then what are you going to do next? I'll say this. I'll say this. As far as this game is concerned, this game. You know, I think that Inter missed having an Alexis Sanchez to call on, um, who brings something completely different from what Lautaro Martinez does. He's a lot more creative. He comes back deeper for the ball. It allows other players to get in front. It mixes it up a little bit, and that could probably move Juve around a little. But when you got Lautaro, who does the same things, and you know what's coming, and Lukaku does the same things, and they're going to just play high, and they're going to get balls up against the defenders and things like that. You can it's it's a lot easier to prepare for, you yeah. know. Alexis gives them a lot of mobility, and um, and 
that lack of mobility in the attacking area, that lack of that guy that can just run around off of Lukaku, I think Inter could have used. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that that was, that was another thing that they were definitely missing in this game. Um, they should have done the Jekyll for Sanchez swap. Oh, Roma would have, Roma would have got away with highway robbery <laughs> if that deal happened. I've said that many, many times. David Garascio, ciao, good to see you. Yeah. Um, you know, there's something about that Juve that doesn't convince you, Steve. Well, you know, I just see they're stringing together results. And I've seen a Juve find ways to win over consistent and consecutive matches to where all of a sudden you blink and they're six points ahead of everybody at the table. Okay. So, and I think they're in the middle of one of those runs right now. Um, so it's, uh, it's just the way they do it. And Juve don't really dominate anybody. And we're, you know, in the Allegra years, did they ever go out and win five or six nil? No, two. And that's, that's good for them. You know, Saudi tried to be, you know, Saudi wanted to do, wanted to do that, but realized that, that's not the mentality of this team. They're going to be resource. They want to be resourceful. We talk about resourceful Juve, and they go and they do it. Yeah. So, but so but, with, with Juve, um, I think defensively they're finding their they're finding their stride. Right. They they we've, they've took on two big big time teams in the last week and they've shut them down. Yeah. Um, so I I don't I I I have confidence in, in their defense at the moment. Uh, no matter. Well, just, if they I mean, or, I, I don't want, I don't want to catch up. Roma's not a big time team. Roma well, can't beat third, Roma, they, third, but they can't beat they can't beat anybody in the top that's six. Fair. That's they're fair. Ter- when they gotta play somebody good, they just shrivel up and and you know they're like a they're like they're like I don't want to say it. My kids might listen. It's to not because it. I'm wearing a Roma shirt at the moment, okay? Yeah. <laughs> no, they were third in but, the table. So because of that, I say they're a big time. They're not a okay. legit big time team. They were third in the tables. It was a, a lot of, a lot on stake. Um, and Roma, I mean, Roma had, has a good midfield and they, they have been playing well, but not, they're not elite. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I have full confidence in Juventus's defense at the moment, whether it's the Licht and the Morel, Chiellini and Bonucci or whomever's in there. I think their defense is, is, is coming around the corner and they're hitting their stride. Yeah. Offensively is the question, you know, you can't have Ronaldo carry the whole time. He is great. Um, he's going to step up in the big games, but you need other people to score Kulusevsky, um, one of the midfielders that they have, Morata. Morata has been obviously scoring goals as well, and that's that's where that's where the question is: is is there can their offense do enough to get them the wins? Because defense is going to shut people out now. It looks like uh, what does their offense have enough? They're going to be resourceful, yeah, but uh, you can't rely on Ronaldo solely. They need to have someone else step up uh, in some of these games as well. So that's just that's my take on that on Juventus. Yeah, no, they they just. Oh, they're all t- they're all telling me to say it now. <laughs> I am so tempted to leave them in this in suspense. But my my kids listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! You want me to you want me to say it too, don't you? A little bit. All right. It's like my nuts on a cold day. They just go up and hide in my stomach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. the same thing with Roma. Whenever they got to play anybody good, yeah. Yeah, you know, they're the, I mean, I think there was a stand-up comedian once that said the balls are the smartest part of a man. If it's cold out or if there's a fight, they're the first ones out. Yep, yep. That's Roma. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm not afraid to admit it. Oh. Those things are running and hiding. <laughs> oh, we've gone off. You the knew you get chat. 
chat, fuck you. All right. You knew it was coming. <laughs> oh, gosh. I win Calcio Twitter. That's it. <laughs> Dang it. So, I didn't even, well, I didn't put it on Twitter. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, all right. Well, we'll have to figure out how I mute that when the kids are listening. There you go. <laughs> but, there you go. Just skip through the Juve talk, you know. <laughs> well, that's what my son, my son's uh, a Juve fan, remember. Just tell him we didn't talk about Juve this time. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, all intern uh, Milan. There, that's all we talked about. Yeah. Uh, Atalanta Napoli tomorrow, leg two, first one finish, nil nil. Um, yeah. Atalanta get well, I think Gozens has been back. Um, uh, but uh, you know, Piscina Ilicic, the I mean, just taking a look at the projected lineups, uh, they think Napoli will start. This is Sofa score doing this. Uh, they think uh, Patania will start. Um, but uh, by the way, I don't think I've said anything that juvenile in like 10 years. So that took on something air. for me to say. <laughs> on, well, on air, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so, I mean, do Napoli – here's – do you see Napoli punting this? I mean, or, I mean, Gattuso wants to try to win everything in sight, and I understand that and respect him for it. But if you're still trying to get a top four finish out of this, your job's on the line. This game's almost kind of an inconvenience to have to play. Yeah, uh, with Juve on the horizon. Um, that said, I mean, these are two teams that neither are really inspiring confidence. I think Atalanta have shown flashes, uh, you know, it have been really, really good. Um, but, you know, the way Napoli, yeah, it's, and I don't see, I don't know if Gattuso wants to get into a dogfight over 120 minutes and go to penalties yeah. at the same time. With Juve coming up on Saturday, you know, yeah. um, Steve, you say that every five. Steve, you say those things every five minutes on with no pod. shirt on, but no with no with, shirt with, on. and with no shirt on. Um, so. I don't think I think Napoli's best opportunity to get any kind of silver this year is going to be Coppa Italia. Um, and I don't see De Laurentiis, you know, wanting to give that up, you know, without a without a fight. Um, it's going to be difficult, and and you know, their main goal should be you know trying to reach Champions League. Uh, but I don't see, you know, if they if they punted this, I can see De Laurentiis saying, you know, that's it, I'm done. You know, you didn't give a fight, especially to get clobbered. Um, it's going to be a difficult match because it's Napoli are not in 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 the, in the right form at the moment. Uh, Atalanta are not Atalanta that you know that we've seen from the past, but they have the flashes like you mentioned. Ilicic is certainly back. Um, Melanovsky had some great moves in in the game against Torino. Muriel is wonder wonderful player there. Um, so it's going to be difficult for them, and they did a brilliant job in the first leg to kind of stifle that Atalanta attack. They're going to have to do that again. I agree with David, where they might just have to stifle them to make it zero zero, go to penalties, and hope for the best. Um, yeah, they they have the, the talent to make it a, a good game, but nothing in the last month has indicated that they're going to play well. Um, and it could happen. You never know. It's it's Kyle Chilts. You have to line up and play. Uh, but uh, you you would have to expect a masterful tactician performance from Gattuso for Napoli to come out of this one based on the, on the current form of both these clubs. So sure. Sure. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm going to narrowly tip Atalanta to do this and go through. And I think it's going to be something like a two one, um, you know, and I think it'll, it, it'll be a confidence builder for Atalanta before they uh, venture into champions league and play Real Madrid. Um, it'll, validate somewhat Atalanta trying to move in the right direction, 
you know, after Papu Gomez, which is a discussion I'm sure we're going to get into tonight. Um, you know, and uh, I, I'm going to go with, uh, but I, 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 on the same time, at the same time, I see Gattuso maybe having a pride in this competition because they won it last season, trying to defend it and go back to back too. So there's that motivation. I mean, if Napoli can score first in this game, it gets really interesting because they'll have the away goal. Um, so we'll see. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna give it to Atalanta narrowly, and I think we're gonna see a Juve Atalanta final. <laughs> David brings up a good point that uh, if Atala or Napoli do win, you possibly could see close to a back-to-back-to-back Juve Napoli type uh, situation there, which would be a, a very, very interesting here uh, if that were to happen. And you know, especially with those two lately. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just looking at you know, some of Sevilla's uh, scores here from the from this past weekend. Obviously, Papu oh, Gomez. Papu scored a Papu scored a screamer. Yeah, his first so, Sevilla goal. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so uh, yeah, in this game, I you got Atalanta narrowly going through. Um. That's a difficult one. I I feel for Gattuso, and I want to pull for him and say, yeah, they're going to figure some way to stifle Atalanta and get the late goal through Insigne or something like that. But, man, I don't know. I think um, – screw it. I'm going to say Napoli went narrowly. Surprising okay. everybody. Okay. Okay. The uh, the Grinta of Gattuso. There you go. Uh, screw we'll, it. We'll uh, keep, keep, keep Gasparini from dancing another, uh, another no. round. So Just for that. Just for that. Just for Stevie. There you go. All right, so you think Juve Napoli, I think Juve Atalanta. So we will uh, we will see what happens. But it has been a pretty enthralling Coppa Italia, to say the least. Um, let's move on now to what went on in match week twenty one. Richard, you do the honors of the first five games. All righty. Uh, starting off the games, uh, we had Fiorentina hosting Internazionale. Uh, goal scoring started with a goal of the week candidate. Obviously, the first goal of the week has to be the goal of the week candidate. One of the best goals of the weekend, right? Uh, Nicolo Barella from distance, a wonderful curling shot. one nothing Inter going into the break. Coming out, uh, wonderful pass by Hakimi. Hakimi just uh, with his lightning pa- lightning pace. Uh, he finds uh, Perisic backdoor in the 52nd minute. 2 nothing Inter went on the road. Uh, the in- One of the most entertaining games from neutral standpoint, uh, Atalanta hosting Torino. If you like goals, there were plenty of them in this game, and a lot of them in the first half. Goal scoring started in the 14th minute. Minute, excuse me. Ilicic would get the goal, make it one nothing. Atalanta. Five minutes after that, Gosens a wonderful play. The you know team play by Atalanta to make it two nothing. Gosens gets the goal, uh, and then two minutes after that, so in the first 20 minutes, three nothing. Muriel gets the goal. Uh, looks like Atalanta is going to blow away Torino. Ah, uh, but Torino keep fighting back, and Atalanta they they play no defense. Forty uh, second minute, forty second minute, Belotti misses a penalty kick, but he follows up with a brilliant finish to make it one uh, three one. Uh, just one minute into stoppage time, uh, Brammer gets a goal to pull it back three two, and then in the eighty fourth minute to add insult to injury, Bonazzoli completes the comeback three three. Atalanta Torino tie. No dancing for Gasparini in this one. Uh, moving on, Sassuolo hosting Spezia, and it looked like Sassuolo maybe get off to a hot start. Uh, Chicho Caputo gets a goal in the 25th minute, one nothing Sassuolo. Things are looking good, but those beautiful blue jerseys by Spezia come back in, in a vengeance. In the 39th minute, Erlich would make it 1-1, and then in the 78th minute, Giassi would get the game winner, 2-1 Spezia win on the road. Uh, the game, One of the games of the weekend in terms of you know what, what was at stake, three versus four, Juventus hosting Roma. Uh, Roma again with a def- or excuse me Juventus with a defensive clinic in this one really shutting down Roma uh, and as to your point uh, Roma just their balls just hit up in their stomach and they didn't do anything uh, first goal uh, Ronaldo in the 13th minute to make it one nothing and then in the 69th Ibanez an own goal Kulusevski with the play there uh, two nothing Juve win uh, dominate uh, Roma 
uh, and that one. And then wrapping up my slate of games, uh, one of the surprises of the weekend, Genoa hosting Napoli. Um, 97-year-old Goran Pandev scores in the 11th minute, uh, makes it one nothing, And then a goal of the week candidate in the 26th minute. A beautiful pirouette uh, to get the 2 nothing lead there. No celebrations on either goal. Uh, Politano would peg one back in the 79th minute, but uh, Genoa would get a shock when Ballardini does it again. 2-1. Gattuso's seat is on fire, Frank. That is my first five games of the, of the weekend. How nice of them to, you know, one Friday and four Saturdays, so we got a nice even split, and then I can do yeah. all the Sunday. Yeah, games. yeah, yeah. So, Serie has been very considerate lately, which we appreciate. <laughs> um, I, I, Napoli. I mean, it's not for want of trying. Twenty-six shots, nine on target, so a great performance from Patty, and he had eight saves. Yeah. Um, but that's vintage classic Ballardini Genoa. You get the ball and you get it a lot and you get to cross it a lot and you get to shoot a lot. But if you slip up, if you get caught, if you get caught, if you get just unbalanced enough and the pass goes the wrong way or it's under hit or something like that, they are going the other way. Um, And uh, they will uh, seize the very limited chances that they had. Their only two shots on target were goals. Um, So harsh on Ospina to get, negative ratings when those are the only two shots that he was tested on. And in both situations, there's not much he's going to do about either. That's got to be better defending in both of those situations. Um, So, you know, so when I look at Napoli, I mean, it's just, and, and when they had this crisis, what, uh, you know, 13, 14 months ago when Gattuso yeah. got started, what do we say? About, just score goals now. Yeah. You're, you, you got everything else figured out. Just score goals. So, um, you know, uh, Zayic with a nice pass, Goran Bond have a nice turn, uh, on yeah. that, on that oh, second yeah. goal to, uh, to ice it for them. But I wonder if Arturo was paying attention, two shots, two goals there for Pandev, you know, not 15 shots and, you know, one goal if you're lucky. So efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. Yep. efficiency. Uh, Roma, uh, put in a situation, I mean, Roma outshot Juve 14 to three. Yeah. You know, it's not like, I mean, so, and then they had a little bit more possession. They carved out some things. I, you know, they are better with that combination of Mkhitaryan and Myra. There's no doubt about it. Um, You know, so, but the, this stigma of, of beating the big ones around you uh, is, is still not there for them. Um, You know, and then, uh, you know, making enough, making enough mistakes and, you know, and that sort of thing to get beaten. Uh, Ronaldo had a ton of space on his goal, uh, but he had to pick it out. He, he had work to do on it. It was a good goal. Um, so, you know, just looking at that, uh, you know, I think that Roma have are in the right direction of what they want to do and what they need to do. They need to figure out how to beat these top teams. It, it, it their, their place in the top four depends on that because right now they might be sitting third or fourth or wherever they're at. Um, and I think they're fourth. Okay. We had a similar discussion about Lazio probably two years ago, and then last year they kind of figured it out, right? Uh, right. They had this mental block in their head against the top six and couldn't figure out a way to do it. And then all you got to do is find a way to beat somebody and then start getting the confidence going. Lazio did that with Juventus, and then they started building off of that, and now now they look you know pretty good against all the, all the top six. Roma are in a safe situation. They just need to w- find a way to win. It's going to be hard because it's a big mental gap at this moment, and uh, Roma just obviously closed up shop. They had the opportunities, like you said, but – I think Juventus had them where they wanted. They, they, they. It was nothing really scaring them at the moment at, at that game. So, 
uh, this they just got to find some ways to do it. And if Jacko's not the way to do it, obviously Maya Rao is going to be the one who the way probably to lead them going in the future. But uh, yeah, they need to figure. Paulo Fonseca and Roma in general just got to clamp down and tighten up in these games. I don't know. Should we be um, a little more critical about Sassuolo? Yeah. Five straight without a win. Five straight in league without a win. And then they also went out in the cup to Spall. Who do you think? They're Cagliari? <laughs> <laughs> and they're not creating the chances. Now, they didn't have uh, Berardi in this game. Uh, yeah. Well, he came on as a substitute. So for some reason, Dizerbi decided Berardi shouldn't start in this game. I don't know if he thought that he could beat them with what he played. And he went with Triori, Djuricic, and Boga behind Caputo, which you still should, be able, still should be able to get it done. But Berardi's your guy, um, and he's your best player, and you need points. You know, And, and what, what, what else are you in that he has to sit? Yeah. So uh, I, I think that was a fundamental flaw on the part of Tetsarbi. And that's where I say managers are stupid because they overthink these things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right now, if I'm only playing once a week, Domenico Berardi is starting and playing as many minutes as he can possibly play. All right. So I think that that was a fundamental thing. And it looks like that change. Berardi came on. When did he come on? Um, he came on after, after 64 minutes when it was 1-1. Okay, so then it was uh, Jassy who scored. And I like Spezia. I like the way they play. I think they're going to give Milan some – I think Milan are going to win the game. Steve, don't get a heart attack. Um, but I think that Spezia give people problems. I mean, the way they attack, some of the pieces that they have in place. Uh, Jassy's been relatively impressive. Verdi's a bit of a set-piece specialist when the opportunities are there for him. Um yeah, it might have been Berardi coming back from an injury, but I don't – if he's fit, put him in, okay? Um, Sassuolo has been too poor over the last month, two months. Uh, it's not the what play we've been accustomed to at the start of the season where it's been so open, attractive, and goal scoring and getting results. Uh, and, only eight, and only eight shots against Spezia. Yeah. Um, you would expect them to have at least 15. Yeah, it's uh, not the, the same offense that we've seen. It's, it's something that – they're tweaking something to try to – to overcome the, the poor defense or something, and it's not working out offensively. And, you know, Caputo, it's nice to see him score and all, but there's not the same attractive team that we've seen at the start of the season. And, you know, we saw this maybe similar thing with Cagliari last season where they started out super hot. We thought we knew them, and then all of a sudden they dropped the bottom, and and they're still sinking as we're as we're seeking, speaking. Sorry, George, if you're listening. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, it's scratching my head with, with Sassuolo. I don't know. It's yep. confusing. Yep. Um. Atalanta, Torino. This is I went back and forth wrestling Bernardi for the big match against Crotone this weekend. Sure. Um, I went back and forth with Jerry on this. Jerry thought that Atalanta missed Papu Gomez. Yeah. Um, I heard that conversation. Do you agree? Do you agree with that? I no. I I don't either. Papu Gomez, first of all, Papu Gomez doesn't defend. Okay. And yeah. then second yeah. of all, um, you have players there that can very easily do what they're at. You know, they don't have to dictate the tempo, but they have to keep they, they have to be able to keep the ball. Look at Gosen's right. look at Gosen's goal. Malinovsky makes a brilliant move that I mean, you know, this Papuesque, you could say at midfield, he kind of starts that opening, gives it to Morial at the left, and, and Morial finds that cross pitch pass to uh, Gosen's on the back door. 
Uh, I mean, they got the players like to your to your to your to what your point is. Uh, they have guys that can step up and do it. Yeah, I mean, Papa Gomez is a brilliant player, MVP last year, but Ilicic is back to form, it looks like, you know, and Morial's getting more pitch time now. And um, I think they got plenty of pieces there. They just plug and play and keep going. You know, Papa Gomez, the, the person they're going to miss, uh, the fans are going to miss him for sure, but it's just, uh, it's next man up. And, uh, you know, Malinowski looks like he's ready to take that, that those reins and uh, get more of that pitch time and get some of that uh, credit that we think he, he's going to get here because he plays um some good football so uh yeah i I don't think they're gonna miss papu you know we've been saying it for probably for the last month or so at least you know before he got moved and um no knock on papu gomez we we love him i love him but uh atalanta their system it's 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 open it's conducive to putting another you know player that is creative and giving an opportunity to flourish this is what gasparini does he lets them lets them take their opportunities and go with it and i think that's what you're gonna see so I, the issue here with uh, Atalanta, okay. Three goals in 20 minutes. I mean, you don't need Papo, right? <laughs> it's a defense, like you said. But here's the funny part. I mean, Torino just, Torino carried on playing the same way, even falling behind 3-0 early um, in the first 21 minutes. Atalanta still dominated the possession. <laughs> but like all four of Atalanta's shots on target came in the first half. They didn't get a single shot on target in the second half. So Torino organized, defended, and then they just hit on the break and they seized their opportunities going forward, going the other way. Um, you know, so Atalanta shit the bed. Yes, that's absolutely true. But they didn't do it because Papu Gomez wasn't there anymore because they've won many, many games here over the last couple of months without Papu Gomez in the lineup. And it doesn't get different just because he's not in the dressing room. Okay. Um, so, you know, and it's like to, to, to the point here, Melanovsky is a good playmaker. Miranchuk is a guy that and we talked about this last week. This is classic guy that's just going to need this season to adapt. And then next season is when he's going to be expected to be ready to step forward. So, um, you know, but where there was a lack of balance for this Atalanta team also was in the center of that midfield. You have Matteo Piscina playing alongside Martin Darun. Piscina doesn't play that role. Okay, he plays further up. So, you know, they, and, and Froiler wasn't even used in this game. So I don't know what <laughs> Gasparini saw. Um, I don't know if I'm, <laughs> I don't know if I'm, if I, he, he decided to bring on Jim Shitty for Ruggeri, which, okay, now you have four center backs in there who are all stuck in the mud. And he, he did this last week too, where he brings on another center. He's got four center backs out there who can't run. I don't okay. know if you said this on purpose, but you said Jim Shitty, and I think that's the way he plays. Yes, that's that's correct. <laughs> Freudian slip, but it's it it's 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 not that far off. Yeah, Jim Jim City comes in for Ruggeri because they got a shortage of wingbacks, so they're going to put in four center backs that can't run. Oh, you know, you got Andrea Bellotti running at you. You've got Simone Zazad, and let me tell you, Sasa Lukic when he comes forward is got some pace. All right. Um, Mandragora is a good player. You know, they got him. They got him recently. So single bombing forward, and you're going to counter by having four guys who, uh, you know, can get stuck in the mud pretty easily. I would have thought three 0 up. You go into halftime. My my first substitution at 46 minutes is that okay, good game, good game, Piscina. I'm going to put in a true midfielder, and Froiler goes in, and I get that. I get that continuity with those two center midfielders that can protect that three man defense. Um, you know, so I mean, there's a lot of just flaws here that Gasparini is making. And I understand he's missing some pieces right now, but there are some things that when you take a look at these, 
these games. There are some decisions that he's making that are maddening that have absolutely nothing to do whether or not Papu yeah. Gomez is on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, I, I know I agree hundred uh, percent. Can I take this moment to, and maybe I'm the only one here in chat. Please let me know if, I, if I'm if I'm not the only one. But uh, can we take a moment and appreciate Single? What a player he is! Uh, oh, I like him. He scored that goal. He did the outside of the foot curler. I mean, a beautiful curler was the outside of his foot. Uh, and if he scored, that would have been goal of the week. Um, but he is a good player for them. I mean, he has been since he started playing with with Torino. Uh, and I really like this guy a lot. And uh, I mean, it just it shows you that technical ability he has when he when he, with that outside of foot shot that nearly went in head off the crossbar. So I'm just, this is my little appreciation, uh, not to yeah. leave it, voice on him. So we've been on him for a while. So so definitely, uh, Mr. Power, ciao! Uh, congratulations on uh, reaching the Coppa Italia final. So. Uh, Fiorentina entered. This is, and you know, Barella set the tone with his goal. I actually gave Fiorentina a chance to win this game on Friday because this felt like a typical trap game for Inter, where they just came off of playing yeah. Juve and have to play him again. And if you look at the balance of this game, Fiorentina had a ton of chances. Yeah. Bonaventura played like this was his own personal derby. I thought he, in particular, was really good in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just the support around him wasn't there. Beragi played all right. Defensively was a bit liable. Um, you know, and uh, did that turn up? Did he get come out? Yeah. yeah that turned up, actually, on the second goal. Um, you know, when, when uh, Hakimi got past him pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but... You know, I, you know it's an inter win, but it's a Fiorentina that I think is. Oh, Presidente's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> he only he only arrives when we've got love for Jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, only when we have love for Jack. His ears were burning. His ears and he burning. wasn't even listening. Here's the thing about Presidente. He wasn't even listening to us. He didn't even have the YouTube channel on. We just start talking about Bonaventura, and it's like his radar goes off, and here he is. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive, Presidente. Yeah. Ciao. Yeah. Salute. All right. Uh, so, um, under Prandelli, I think it's not turning up as much in the results but I see a gradual improvement with Laviola. It's slow but steady, right? It's slow but yeah. steady. Uh, it did take a while for – at the beginning, it looked like they were spinning their wheels and nothing much was changing at the very beginning. But there, there has been improvement over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think it's uh, uh, starting to get there. there. I don't still believe that he's the right manager for them, but – um, I understand why they why they hired him and everything and not like that, but uh, yeah, it, it's starting to come around and it's it's a it's a good sign. I mean, they're they're not in a threat where they're going to be a relegator or anything like that. You still want to see them perform. They've been they're if you had to pick a a team that's underachieved historically over the last ten years, this is the team. You know, as, as you know, this is probably not even their, their in terms of the lineup. This is not even anywhere close to being one of the best lineups. But they're finally starting to get things going right now, and it's it's good to see. You know, a lot of people are still hope for except for maybe Juventini, um, maybe like Colin in, in the chat, but. Uh, you know, a lot of people want to see, you know, Viola like get back and play some good football, be in the top 10 again. Uh, but uh, there's still a long way from that. But they're getting there. Maybe steps. He's uh, he's asking about um, the spat between Agnelli and Conte. Conte, uh, Conte yeah. said that Conte did the uh, year number one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No love lost, that, I guess. I guess he doesn't miss Juve, huh? Uh, yeah. I, uh, 
I actually turned I, I turned it off after the final whistle, so I missed it. Um, yeah. Uncle Sharma but, voted voted it for uh, Who on Couch on Twitter with the uh, middle finger to Agnelli. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, some uh, some some bridges are uh, some bridges just remain burnt. I guess is probably the best way you can put that. So, yeah. so I, yeah, I, I think that with Fiorentina, I, it, no, no, David, I don't think that Rossi will go to Fiorentina. I think Fiorentina sticks this out with Brandelli because I think it was Fiorentina is a situation that was going to need to get worse before it got better. And yeah. I think right now it's all about damage control and getting stability, um, having some consistency with who you can trust, and now. I think as the season goes on, Fiorentina, I don't think they'll work their way into the top half or anything like that, but they're going to be a nuisance team for people going forward. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a fair shout. I mean, because right now they're sitting at, what, uh, 15th place on 22 points. So, yeah, they're, they're safe from going down, but they're they're nowhere near, you know, top 10 shape, uh, even though they're like five points off because some of these teams aren't in the top 10, um, you know, minus Sampdoria. They're, they're playing really well. Uh, but they are going to be a pain in the ass. They're not going to be quite Genoa pain in the ass, but they're going to be giving people some trouble. Maybe like like Spezia, you know, um, you know, especially when you don't count that when you we overlook them, um, they will give you a fight. Uh, Inter, obviously, we're ready for it. You know, despite the the, the sandwich games of Juventus on the other side, um, yeah, I think Fiorentina are playing much better. And if it's early in the season, I would say, yeah, no, they're going to be they're going to be toast. But it's yep. it's getting there. It's a slow improvement. Um, sometimes painfully slow. But uh, Fiorentina are starting to figure it out. And it's, like some of the older guys are really stepping up at this point. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the uh, slate of games that took place on Sunday. Benevento hosting Sampdoria. Um, and uh, opening the scoring in the 55th minute was Gianluca Caprari after some very impressive individual work by Ricardo Improta. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh, finding Barba, who found Caprari and finished. It's a goal of the week candidate. A lot of it because of the individual work from Improta that yeah. led to the goal. Some of the technique that was involved. They would uh, Sampdoria would level the match on 80 minutes. Kate Balde uh, played in by Damsgaard. Uh, boy, Damsgaard's a guy we're going to have to continue keeping an eye on. He has been he what has a been, move! What a move on that freaking assist! Yep, My goodness, yep. he is uh, he is really uh, turned up. Um, Milan and Crotone, 4-0 to the Rossoneri. Zlatan getting goal, club goal number 500. Brilliant 1-2 with Rafael Leal that beat not one, not two, but three Crotone defenders in one pass. Uh, Zlatan getting club goal number 500 there, making it a goal to nil. Uh, second goal in the 64th minute, Teo Hernandez after some nice nice combination play with Rebic, uh, putting the ball across to a criminally unmarked Hmm. Zlatan Ibrahimovic to make it two goals tonight. My, I got the eight and nine-year-old boys that I coach defend better than Crotone. I'm just putting it out there right now. Yeah. Um, Hakan Chalanolu uh, was back in our lives and uh, took a corner in the 69th minute that was headed home by Rebic. And then uh, just a minute later, Chalanolu, another ball uh, that Ante Rebic would bury home. And it was 4-0 to Rossoneri. Um, Hakan changed the game, I would say, is absolutely right. I think it was a... You know, we'll talk about that in a little bit. I think it was a Milan that was comfortable in that one nil lead and never was um, really threatened. Uh, but um, uh, you know, but then when Hakan came on, it really amplified uh, Milan's control of this game. Uh, you know, over the course of it, uh, 
Milan had 11 shots on target in this game, so it could have been a heck of a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, Udinese 2, Hellas Verona 0, an own goal by Marco Silvestri by some excellent work from Gerard Delefeu. Uh, Gerard Delefeu would make his count in the 91st minute to put Hellas Verona away. Hellas Verona all of a sudden stumbling uh, three losses in their last four. Uh, big win for the Friuli. Uh, the Derby dell'Emilia. I bet you guys didn't know that Parma Bologna was a Derby. We did. Yeah. Uh, and it ended it ended 3-0 for the visitors for the Rosso Blue. Uh, Musa Barrow in the 15th minute on a beautiful cross yeah. uh, uh, on a set piece by uh, Nicolas Ansone, goal of the week candidate there. Uh, Barrow would get his brace in the 33rd minute. Uh, it would be Parma having the possession from there on out. The chances were actually equal. Bologna looked really good on the break in this game uh, and would get get a third goal in stoppage time in the second half. Ricardo Orsolini uh, played in by Roberto Soriano, a, just a goal where uh, Parma were just completely stretched. Yeah. Um, uh, 3-0 uh, from Mihailovic's men. Uh, Roberto De Versa just really struggling to uh, work the magic that he had done in in previous uh, in his previous stint at Parma. Um, you know, dare I say, uh, having a hard time unfucking what uh, – uh, Leverani fucked, so yeah, it's probably yeah. the best way to put it. Be very hard um, to, to. We're gonna have to uh, mute that when the kids are listening. So, <laughs> so. Let's skip our whole podcast. You know what? what? <laughs> Play mom weekly then, podcast or something, or you know something else. <laughs> and then finally, Lazio one, Cagliari nil. Um, I stayed clear of Twitter during these two hours. Um, <laughs> just I did didn't want not want the barrage of Jenny Mancini tweets. Gush, you know. Uh, gushing over uh, Lazio, but it was uh, Ciro Immobile from Milinkovic-Savic in the 61st minute. Uh, had it not been for Alessio Cranio, Lazio would have won by a lot more. Cagliari a complete mess right now under Eusebio Di Francesco. Uh, been an awful long time since they've won a game, Richard. Yeah, no, it's been uh, too long for them. It's it's criminally how bad they've uh, how many how long it's been since they scored or won a game really. Um, but you know, with Lazio, at least we'll start with that game. Um, again, as what we mentioned earlier, uh, when we were comparing Larturo, is anything Immobile touches is gold. Uh, and he scores goals, he finds ways. I mean, uh, great play by SMS to win that ball, head it back towards the crowd, and you know, brilliant first touch by, by Immobile to, to get it get it open and then get the goal in there. It wasn't a pretty goal by any stretch, but it was a goal. Goal that's all that matters. That's all that matters to him. All that matters to Inzaghi. So, uh, they did enough. Uh, you know, Kyle continues to struggle, and it's yeah, it's 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 gonna be. Uh, we're getting time is getting short here for for Cali. They need to figure out quick, or uh, Di Francesco's not gonna be getting a job anytime soon. And uh, you know, people in Sardinia are gonna be riding to see their team relegated. Nobody wants to see that. It's, it's a team that needs to stay in Serie A, in my opinion. There's at least nine straight winless here, um, and I my my count my thing. It, that's what's funny about this. It's not even going back that far. Um, yeah, there's because one two, three, fired before Di Francesco. I'm gonna be pissed. What's that? If Gattuso gets fired before Di Francesco, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, what a fall from grace from Di Francesco. And I was actually just watching the other day uh, the highlights of when Roma came back and beat Barcelona. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, See, that was only like know. that was only like four years ago. I mean, geez, yeah, a big fall. Talk about him. a talk about a fall. Yeah. So really frustrating. What else? Uh, what else got your attention from these games? 
Musa Barrow starting scoring. I mean, we've been saying it all year long. He needs Play to guys start. that score in this league. I mean, what are these guys doing? It's like, sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's just like, yeah. it, here we go again. Another guy play the, the guy scores and the guy creates goals and knows how to do it in this league. Play him. Okay. Yeah. Simple to me, best player on the team and he needs to play more. Obviously, I mean, two goals and not all created by him. He's got a beautiful assist in those games, but uh, you know, he, he started the, you know, Bologna found a way they won the Derby there. Uh, so well done to them. Um, and yeah, the, the big thing for me, I mean, out of all this game, yeah, obviously I'd love to see Milan win big, uh, is that Hellas is struggling mightily all of a sudden, you know, they, they were pegged back by Roma and they look almost normal at this time and even worse. I mean, you, you lose to Udinese, Udinese are on the up, right? Yeah, for sure. But Hellas has just been struggling to score goals lately. They can't keep people out of their own net. Uh, they need to figure it out. I mean, this is very, maybe just a blip in the radar. You hope it is at least for them. Cause it's so fun to watch them defensively. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 almost worrying. So if they could pull put up another performance like this, I'm going to be starting to get worried uh, with Hellas because it's very unlike. It's so, it's sort of like what we saw. I want to say with Parma last year, where it started out so well at the beginning, and then the wheels started coming off. Uh, you kind of get that vibe right now, but it's still way too early to say that. But I mean, I, I don't like the I don't like the consecutive losses, and you know, last month has really been tough for for Hellas. It's it's to where the win over Napoli back on uh, January 24th doesn't look that great all of a sudden. Yeah. You consider Napoli's form Both at the moment. Teams, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, um, I mean, Lazio have won six straight now yeah. in the league. Hot. Hot. I mean, just uh, scorching form, uh, you know, starting to get it together. But again, you know, this was, the, this was finally a game where they monopolized possession and chances. And uh, you know, and, and and got a one nil win. So this this was this was a rare win for Lazio in the style that they won it. You've seen Lazio win a lot of games by capitalizing on the other team's mistakes, um, you know, and being opportunistic. This was one where they controlled it. Really had nothing to worry about. Just needed to score the goal and get out of there, and they did. And it's another game that Carano stood on his head and made some big saves and yeah. kept the game. I mean. I wish George is on here because every time we see, every time we talk about uh, Cranio and doing well, he's not on the chat. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Lazio, uh, they're they're playing really well at the moment, and it should be a big game against Inter uh, to really see what happens in this game because they uh, they have all the momentum in the world at the moment. And Immobile, um, he gets an opportunity. You you got to like his chances to score against Inter. Yep, yep, definitely uh, agree with you on that. We talked about. You know, Sassuolo in the previous uh, set of games, also another team that's struggling to and desperate for a win. But uh, what if I told you that the uh, next form team after Lazio was Genoa? Huh. And Goran Pondev is the, the best player of the week, right? Uh, yeah, I would have I shot you on sight, right? Um, that's that's crazy, and it's, but it's also not too hard to believe. Ballardini, when, once he came back, you knew that he was going to get them back to what he was comfortable with, uh, which is making it difficult for people. But what we, I guess, didn't expect is to see that they're getting results. I mean, Destro is having the career of his life uh, right now. He's got, what, eight, nine goals. Um, and, you know, Pondev is scoring. They're stopping people defensively. Perrin is looking like his old self, so... Yeah, I mean that's 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 good for Genoa. I mean it's good for both Genovese clubs are you know well away from the relegation spot, which is so good to see because both those Ligurian clubs do not belong in that discussion, and we love watching that derby in Serie A. So uh, it's it's great to see Genoa playing so well at the moment, and uh, yeah, who knows? I mean they're gonna make it hell for anybody they play against uh, going down the stretch. You just know it. 
13 points out of a possible 15 in their last five games and have only conceded one goal in those five games. That was that Politano goal just this past weekend. Hot take. They will be in the top half of the table after match week 23. Oh, okay. Okay. They are at Torino. Yeah. On uh the 13 on Saturday. And then the following Saturday they host Hellas Verona. Yeah. I can very, very easily see them winning both of those games. Yeah, I can I can too. I can too. So uh watch out for Genoa. We knew once Balladini was reappointed, we were one of the first ones to say it. This is going to be a pain in the ass team that nobody's going to want to play. And they're going to work their way out of the trouble that they're in. And they're going to work their way up. And they have certainly done that. Balladini, if he can continue on this pace, another hot take, you're going to have to talk about him for manager of the season if yeah. if they can continue at this clip. I don't think they can sustain this. I think this will eventually normalize. But he's clearly gotten them out of trouble, which was the purpose yeah. of uh, Preziosi hiring him in the first place. Yeah. So, um, And then after that, we're looking at I mean, Cagliari is just, like I said, we talked about them. We talked about Parma and their struggles. Diversa was brought in to rescue the situation that uh, Liberani's gotten them in, and it just has not – it has not gone well for them. They did get a draw at Sassuolo that suddenly doesn't look all that great. Um, but it has been an awful long time since they've won a game too. Yeah, yeah. And before we before we wrap this week up, can we just say the kids are all right? The kids? Uh, they're, they're, they're so naive at the moment, and they are – they're continuing to stay at the top of the table, finding ways to play well, despite, you know, you know, 87 year Slatan yeah. and, you know, Kiara and the team. They, 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 they're so naive. They, I don't think they know. And I, I think Uncle Sharma or someone said, was, posted a tweet saying that these guys are so naive that they, they don't know what they're doing at the moment and they're doing it so well. Um, you got to like that kind of naivety at times like this because they don't know what they, – they, they're just playing. And they're not thinking about anything. You, that's why you have Zlatan there to kind of take the reins, the, the attention away. And they're playing well above their expectations. And look at them. They're just continuing week in, week out. They're not slipping off. Um, obviously, having Zlatan with 14 goals this year or something crazy already, that's that's unreal. In just uh, 11, he's only played 11 Serie A games, 14 goals. Geez, man, I mean, it's ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a w- wonderful, wonderful uh, – obviously, we are fans, so we're going to gush over them. But I think the performance that they're doing is, is really great. Their, their depth is good. I love the pickups that they had in the wintertime. Like we talked with Miete. Took, uh, Tamori has been fantastic. I, I, wanna, I, I want them to splash the cash right now on him, Yeah, right? permanent. Just do it oh now. Yeah, he's, do it he's now. freaking awesome with Romagnoli. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's uh, they're doing really well at the moment. Uh, Manzukic hasn't scored yet, but, you know, it'll get it'll come. He's wearing number nine. I, there you go. There you go. My expectations for him lowered immediately once he picked that number. He's like, all right. I could take 19 or something. Yeah. I mean, if he, any goal he gets is is playing with house money for Milan. So, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, all right. Well, how about we get on with the goals of the week? Goals of the week. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'll go with mine first. Uh, so, my number five comes in. You know, I was going to say Belotti was going to be in my top five, but I'm not going to give it to a guy who misses a penalty. Um, so that was a nice goal overall, but I'm not gonna put him in my top five. Number five for me comes from the Santoria matchup. Uh, Domsgaard with a wonderful fake out of the defender, uh, finds Keita Balde who scores the goal. That's number five for me, more for the assist than the goal. Number four for me, uh, Ente Rebic's second goal, the side volley, uh, wonderfully, wonderfully t- taken there, very technical. Uh, that's number four. Number three for me, Zlatan, his 500th goal. Uh, the give and go with Leao was brilliant, and the finish was just beautiful. Uh, that's number three. Number two, uh, 103-year-old Goran Pandev with this pirouette for his second goal. 
Uh, wonderfully done, wonderful footwork by Goran Pandev to get the second goal. Both goals taken well in that game, but that one was uh, something to behold. And then number one, uh, Nicola Barella. What more can you say about this guy? A world-class player, one of the best midfielders in the world at the moment. Uh, wonderful curling shot. I mean, you don't appreciate the curl on that shot until you see the replay. And you're like, oh, my goodness, look at this, look at that bend on the thing. So that's my top five. Yep. Um, top five for me, um, Barrow's first goal for Bologna. Beautiful ball in from Sansone. Hey, Michael. Um in at number four, I'm going to go with Caprari's goal after the individual work from Improta, and I think that that really is what led to it, and Caprari uh, scoring from a narrow angle there, uh, coming in at number uh, four for me. Goran Pandev's second goal, uh, the, the, the the turn uh, and finish there, uh, coming in at number three. Uh, Ibra getting goal number 500 on a beautiful one-two with Leal. Uh, again, eliminating three defenders. Um, that's number two for me. And then uh, the Barella, number one uh, goal of the week and uh, probably going to be in the conversation for goal of the season. Um, One of the great strikes we've seen this year. Uh, Real quick before we move on, uh, Colin had a question here for the Milanisti in the the group. And I'll I'll chime in here. I'll say, yes, I do feel Juve on the shoulders because I've seen the way they've been playing and playing a lot better lately. Uh, So I do see, I see them coming. Inter's still the one I got my eyes on, but I feel Juve coming stronger and stronger week in and week out. I think Pirlo finally has figured it out with this team. So I, I see him for one thing. I don't know about the rest of the Milanese in the room. You, Frank, do you feel Juve coming up in the, on the back? I, I felt them when they were in 10th. You picked like, them for the title, right? Yeah, because I picked, I, I picked them to win again. You know, I, I, you know, I said they would win the title by 8 to 10, anywhere from 8 to 10 points. I'm going to walk that one back, yeah. you know, but um, – yeah, I've I've never counted Juve out, no matter what situation they were in. Never, never on this, uh, never on this podcast. I said I they are not done. They are not done. This is going to get turned around. And 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 like I said, I said it earlier in the podcast. I said they put together this run. They're not dominant when they do it. They don't blow anybody away. They don't wow you. They don't make you sit in awe of them. But all of a sudden, you blink, and they're six points clear at the top. Yeah, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna make someone earn that title if someone's gonna take it from them. Someone's gonna earn it, whether it's Inter or, or Milan or maybe Roma, who knows? But they're gonna make someone earn it. Yep, yep. And Presidente agrees with me. Thinks Juve will win number ten as well. So we're just we're we're enjoying our time at the top as Milan fans. You know, yep. we don't know if it's going to last the entire season and Leave us you alone. know that sort of thing. But we're we're this is you know after what we've been through. I think Lisi and I had some conversations because you know. We're talking about Chelsea loanies, and now we finally got a loanie that's coming from Chelsea that looks like he's going to stick, yeah. you know, and that sort of thing. And I had to remind Michael, I said, there's a lot of moments here over the last several years that I've tried to forget. So, um, you know, so forgive me if I forgot this guy or forgot that guy. So uh, so that was kind of a fun, you know, little conversation that we that we had there. So those were our goals of the week. Um, pretty cut and dry. It's pretty hard to debate. Uh the number one, the, the goal of the week. It was Nicola Barella's uh, curler uh, against Fiorentina. So on we go with the world's most famous hashtag game. <laughs> Who won Calcio Twitter? This is what the chat is really all here for. Um, yeah. That's what we're here for, right? <laughs> yep. And that's what that's what we're here for. All, all of it before that is just for us to just pass the time. Yeah. So yeah. let's get on with it. Richard. Uh- I'll start yeah, yeah, I'll start it over. Sansone, it's uh, at Napoli Sansone. He says, uh, what is a random guy doing at the Iguain family reunion? And it's a, a, a video of a guy in this place I would never be in. Uh, oh, look at all those snakes. Oh, my goodness. Ah, ugh. 
Yeah, that's funny, but it's uh, <laughs> no, thank you. I would steer clear. I would definitely steer clear. Yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, I nominated this one at Nick Zamboni or Nick Zamboni at Nick Zam Z A M B. Serie A as Star Wars characters. I'll start with an easy one. Federico Benedeschi as Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That is good. Lazio as the Stormtroopers. <laughs> I did a whole thread. We've got Zlatan in a PSG jersey, mind you. Who's this character again? Uh, that's the guy from the first one that no one really talks about anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Conte is Han Solo. <laughs> no, that's Luke Skywalker. Sorry, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Sorry. Conte is Luke Skywalker. Uh, is that Don Agnelli? <laughs> the real <Yeah>. guy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's uh, good. We've got uh, De Laurentiis. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Fart Morelli popping up with uh, Fart Morelli popping up with another one that's also a. Uh, did you see? The, do, do you have the one up there from uh, Fart Morelli? Uh, no, Fart Morelli. No, no, I don't. His reply to. Uh, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Mino Raiola. <laughs> I like the one I like the one with Zavala. I like that one too. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Stay on target. Uh, we've got uh, who is that? Federico Fazio is Chewbacca. Yeah. yeah. So Lorenzo Insigne is a Wookiee. <laughs> <laughs> Tonali obviously is uh, Kylo Ren. That's obvious, right? We all knew that. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know if we need to do the rest of the entries. Oh I think God. we know what's winning, but I think for posterity, we'll we'll read the other ones. Uh, you should guys should check it out. Check this one out. It's a it's a nod. We've got plot. We've got plot. Plotini made this list. He did make the list. Uh, oh my goodness! Kuliszewski. Kuliszewski one is good. You got you got Gattuso as whoever this is. Mondes Mondes Sportif LDN uh, in a oh, reply has got Gattuso as Darth Vader uh, choking Joe Jordan. Is <laughs> uh, oh wow, they had fun with this, but Nick Zam uh, stepped the tone. Yeah. Oh yeah. boy, I think we know who won, but let's uh, let's go on. Let's read the rest of them and see if anybody got within a sniff. <laughs> All right, this one comes from Kilpin at Kilpin Chronicle. So, uh, IFTV puts out a tweet that says, Inter ain't the same without Big Rom. And uh, they chimed in and says, Suppose they're like Shrek in a way, then not the same without Donkey. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, too soon. Too soon. We are not letting that one go, are we? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> okay, at Cigar uh, underscore Milanista. Why are Arsenal fans few bantering Inter and Milan fans? Inter and Milan are so clear of Arsenal. Arsenal's biggest game of the decade was the one they didn't even feature in. Yes, it was Spurs versus Liverpool, UCL final. Had Spurs won curtains for Arsenal fans on football Twitter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. Oh, my goodness. All right. So uh, next uh, one. Uh, this one comes from, from Farinho underscore 10. He goes, uh, I lost my friend today. He's not dead. He, he's not dead. He just supports Inter. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Lisa says that's worse. Yeah, that is worse. <laughs> uh, Farinho underscore 10 with a second entry. We don't. We rarely have guys making it in with two entries, but Farinho, number, Farinho underscore 10 does it this time. Could Roma just stop being asked for one moment in their bonsai plant existence? <laughs> 
Oh man, yes, yes. Okay, this one comes in from uh undercover underscore JM. He says that's impressive for Kane. Two hundred eight goals and no trophies. Yeah, too bad it's not a it's a English tweet, but it's still funny that two hundred eight goals and no trophies. Yeah, that's uh. Who think he plays for Roma? Maybe I'll, I'll just stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. And Farina uh, doesn't want it to be all about him. He uh, brought in that's what I Said at that's what I Said Said saying, Rebic runs. <laughs> Rebic runs like his legs disagree with his body. <laughs> It's kind of true. <laughs> yeah, I pictured in my head. I'm like, oh my god, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, Frank with the shout here. Okay, so I'm not. So Gio, uh, Gianni uh, uh, nominated this one. I'm not going to get this one because I didn't watch the Super Bowl. Uh, but he says, uh, "Who did it better?" And it's a picture of, I guess, the weekend. And I guess it's uh, what's his name that died. I don't even know who this is. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, that was good. That was good. Um, is it a torti? Johnny says that has to win. I'm sorry. The Star Wars thing I think is already won, but we're gonna we're <laughs> gonna go through the other ones. Uh <laughs> at kids and a torti. Roma looking for a new goalkeeper this summer. I think everybody <laughs> has had fun with this uh yeah. weekend Jeff from the halftime show. Marelli says Weston McKinney looking for his wallet tomorrow after uh Bastoni picks his pocket. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. At finally go to wing. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Inter spending all their budget on this edit. Inter underscore Super Bowl yards or meters, American football or soccer, touchdown or goals, Derby showdowns or the Super Bowl. It's what you do with your feet that count. And it was just a, uh, yeah. Uh, it was Inter players in football helmets and Milan players in football helmets. Yeah. And finally, Godoing saying Inter spending all their budget on this edit. <laughs> oh, so. man. All right, this one comes from the sportsman. Uh, oh, someone nominated them, of course. But this is uh, why does John Travolta look like that? He now manages Sampdoria and City. Ah, I got the picture below. Look, <laughs> respect Mr. Comisi. Yeah, cost me, excuse me. Is that Cersei? Cersei cost me. I, who does he manage now? I don't even know anymore. I don't yeah, know. he's I think he's managing a Serie B team, either <laughs> Serie B or Serie C team. Not exactly sure, but I think he's still around, he still exists. All right, so, that's all of them. Yeah, there you go. That's all of them. I mean, yep. we, we know the winner already, right? I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's hands down. It's 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 at Nick Zam, uh, yeah. and uh, I'll waste no time in uh, retweeting his uh, retweeting this. Um, but yeah, congratulations at Nick Zam, hands down, uh, <laughs> winner of Who Won Calcio Twitter, and right now probably leader in the clubhouse for the twenty twenty one Who Won Calcio twi Twitter Tweet of the Year. Yeah. Uh, gotta give it up. Uh, for uh, Mr. Nick Zamboni uh, on this one. Uh, hands down. Oop, 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 oop. What are you doing? All right. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, while you're doing that, uh, I'll, I'll answer Colin's question here. He goes, uh, guys, what do you think of Dybala? Would you sell and do you rate? Um, I, at this point, it doesn't seem like Juve has any interest in, in using Dybala. So I say, why are you going to keep him if you're not going to use him? So sell him. Um, I still think he's a good player there. I think he still needs to get the pitch time. He just may be having a funk or whatever. But I mean, if you yeah, if you're Juventus and you're doing you're, you're being obviously very successful at the moment, I would say sell him. Um, I still rate him very much. Um, I think he could be a good player. Is he going to get to that elite level where we thought we saw him a few years ago, especially when they went to the to the finals of Champions League? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, maybe it's just all in his head at the moment. But uh, I, I think he has opportunity to still do well for a team. You know, hopefully in Serie A. Uh, but Dybala non si toca. I I I got you, man. I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> he has to be Milan. I just say he's he can be you know somewhere in Serie A. You know, 
I'd like to see I like to see Palermo come back to City and then he go back there, you know, but that's that's me. Hopeless romantic. Yeah. Oh, I didn't take the whole didn't take the whole thing. All right, I got to do this again. Um I'm with you on the Dybala, you know, Dybala I feel like if he moves on, I don't think he stays in Serie A. Uh, you know, I, I think yeah, I think he's another guy that man would just blow up if he went to Spain. Um so you know, but uh, it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's whether or not he's going to do that. So, and it's whether or not he, you know, what, what, how badly does he want to leave? I think yeah. is the other one um, that you got to consider. So. Cause um, his TikTok is doing really well at the moment. So, I mean, why would you want to leave? You know, you're, you're, right. you're sitting there doing videos. <laughs> right. Right. So, so we'll have to see. I, um, you know, I, I rate him still. I think he still has something to give, but I think the system has to fit him. And I don't know if it really works right now at Juve, um, yeah. which is part of the problem. So, um, but we'll see. Uh, you know, he's immense talent. Would love to see him stay in City on sub capacity, but would you fancy him at Napoli? Not if Allegri's going there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, not if Allegri's going there. Uh, but if Allegri keeps out, then yeah, I, I don't see why it fits into the small, small person playmaker field, right? Uh, I wouldn't mind that at all. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, it would be interesting to take. Yeah, if Allegri goes there, then no, because uh, Allegri wouldn't play him. Um, and I'm curious what Allegri could do with that Napoli squad. I mean, they're set up already for success. They just need to have uh, a different change, maybe at the top, and you know, a healthy Osiman would help. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. It's it's interesting tech to have uh, Dybala go to Napoli. I'd watch it. If I had to go to Serie A teams where he would probably fit, you know, and I, I would I would probably end up looking outside your traditional six. Um, you know, eh, I was thinking I was thinking Fiorentina. Um, you know, as part of Prandelli's reclamation, I think that that would work. Um, you know, I think that. Uh, I don't Sampdoria if Ranieri's still there. I doesn't it doesn't fit. Uh Ranieri's a four two four two guy that, you know, where does Dybala fit in that system? I mean, Ranieri's already having a hard enough time fitting a guy like Gaston Ramirez. Um, you know, so how is he gonna fit Dybala? Um, I mean Ferrero's crazy enough though that if he knew he had a shot at Dybala and could bring him Sampdoria, he would tell Ranieri, make it work. Yeah. Um so uh I'm spending a lot of money to bring this guy in. Uh you know, after that, it's hard for me to really find anywhere else. I don't know if he has the power uh, to be a playmaker in Gasparini's Atalanta. No. He's got the skill. And I don't think know. it would work at Lazio either, I think, because they got SMS and Luis Alberto pulling the strings there. I think it would conflict, you know, right. maybe in, in, that, in, the, in that case there. Because I think right. Lazio have a good have a good thing going right now with what they have, so. Yeah, so you're probably looking at some of these middle of the road Serie A teams that might be wanting to make that push. So yeah. Yeah. it's uh, it's a great question. Torino, uh, I did I just want Belotti not to be the one only one doing all the work. Well, yeah, you know, fair enough, fair enough. So, well, with that, I think we can put a bow on this edition of Serie A sit down. Uh, Richard, time for a shameless plug. What do you got? Um, no, nah, just follow us, follow us on YouTube. Uh, we're trying to get some more videos out here. It's been a heck of a heck of a month already. We're only what nine days in, so uh, <laughs> lots of snow here, lots of busy time for me. But uh, yeah, follow the YouTube page. Give it a, if you haven't done so yet. 
Uh, subscribe, like, leave comments. Absolutely. It'd be very much appreciated. And as always, you can follow me at underscore R underscore K H A R M A N on uh, social media in general. Wonderful. Uh, you can find me at FTC underscore 21 uh, on Twitter or Instagram. Syria, sit down. Uh, we can be found on Apple Podcasts. We have our own channel there. We have it on SoundCloud. We have it on Stitcher, Spotify. Um, anywhere iHeartRadio as well anywhere you can find uh podcasts you can find city i sit down uh world football index uh go there for plenty of other uh topics we don't plug them enough and uh they're oh, yeah, so nice the, the world football index magazine just came out so definitely check that out it uh has good stuff in there man good stuff oh, wonderful wonderful yeah. i'm in i'm in so um so please do check them out uh if you do uh if if the mood strikes you um worldfootballindex.com is the place to go there um also uh we are uh at city i sit, sit down on twitter on instagram any comments questions anything that's coming up on future podcasts uh you know we're all ears we, we'd love to know uh same with um facebook we can be found there uh, and then also this YouTube channel. If this is the first time you're watching this video, you like what you saw, subscribe so that you can get notifications for when we go live in future podcasts, uh, as well as other video clips that we will have down the road. Uh, so with all of that, chat, awesome. We had a great time, man. Uh, Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. And uh, Yordan RP, welcome uh, to our world. We're uh, looking forward to uh, – uh, Many, uh, many wonderful times uh, many here. Cool and couch at Twitter to come. Episode future. 178. We are just closing in on 200. That's right. That's right. 200. Richard, Richard has tolerated me this long. That's true. <laughs> good thing we're not in the same room, right? <laughs> yeah. Good thing we, good thing we live in different time zones. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so, um, uh, enjoy the, uh, uh, Atalanta Napoli game on Wednesday. Great games coming up this weekend, which we touched on Napoli and Juventus on Saturday, Inter and Lazio on Sunday. Enjoy those games. We'll be back talking about those next Tuesday. Champions League and Europa League are going to be back in our lives as well. So much to discuss next week. Until then, thanks as always for listening and checking us out. Make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.